It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So I don't know if you guys saw this. Earlier on Thursday morning, Kyle Long tweeted out a, a, a little PSA talking about one of his friends who I hope was not our friend Brandon Wolf. But he said, hey, my friend. Uh, stepped on a snake this morning while playing golf, so be careful, which is nice. That's a good good, good rule of thumb, especially this time of year. And Mitchell Schwartz, the Kansas City Chiefs tackle, said, hey, tell Nick Foles I said hey. Said hey, said hi, whatever. And uh, the internet started losing its mind, thinking about, hey, these guys were teammates in 2016. Brandon Chagru himself was like trying to get to the backstory, like, what is this? What is this shade? And I'm like, you guys, this this isn't some unsolvable puzzle, okay? There's there's not any heat. Actually, I think Mitchell was being very complimentary to Nick Foles. If you get my drift, and if you don't, I'm not going to explain it anymore because this is a family show. And in speaking of which, Sammy, why don't we start the show? Turn up your volume, your volume, because you're about to listen to the Sick Podcast with Adam Ray. The Sickest Chicago Bears and Fantasy Football Podcast. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. Welcome to the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank. It is me, Adam Rank, and we've got a great show for you tonight. Jack Wright will be joining us here momentarily, and I'm fighting against all hope to not call him Jack Wagner, which I've been calling him in my... Like, listen, I've I've already established the fact that I'm getting everybody's name wrong. I'm happy that I got Shagru correct earlier, but we're going to bring out Jack Wright of the uh, Bear Down Chicago pod here in just a moment, because first, I wanted to take this opportunity to address something that has been in the news recently, and that is the fact that Michael Florio doesn't know what he's talking about. I really don't understand, other than the fact that we have way too much time on our hands between the end of the NFL season and the NFL draft. We should really start having the draft like the week after the Super Bowl, because I am getting sick and tired of people with too much time on their hands, spinning narratives that make absolutely no sense. Michael Florio of Pro Football Talk came out and said that the Bears are sabotaging this season to expose Justin Fields in order to move on, which is some of the most ridiculous nonsense I have ever heard in my life because during the entire process leading up to the, 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 during the search for the general manager and hiring a head coach, they left it open. They told whomever was interviewing, like, if you don't think that Justin Fields is the guy, let us know. 
and we could possibly work around that. So if Ryan Poles had felt that Justin Fields is not the dude or whatever, they would have listened to him and perhaps made a move or done something like that. But no, I think Ryan Poles, Matt Eberflus came out recently, said that Justin Fields is going to pick up this offense and do very well. The fact that, I don't know, and I, I get it. Like we all, we're, we're all trying to produce content during kind of a dead time during the NFL season. I was watching Good Morning Football on Thursday, and they were trying to do debates between Sonic the Hedgehog and Super Mario. Like I get that it's a tough time for content creators, but it also does not give you license to go out there and just make stuff up. It's absolutely ridiculous, and I am very tired of it. And at some point, can you just move on to some other teams? Like, there's plenty of other things going on in the NFL. You don't need to be drumming up these sort of outlandish scenarios when it comes to Justin Fields. Now, you know what? To help break us, to help break that down, we're going to be welcoming our guest for today. He's part of that all new. Bear Down Chicago pod. We had Patrick on Tuesday night for Take It to the Rank, which I hope, uh, thanks to everybody who joined us there that night. It was a, it was a fun show. Uh, this should be fun, too. Please welcome to the show, Jack Wright. Jack. Hey, Adam. How are you? What's, what's going on? I've got I got your name correct, right? I appreciate sure. that. Thank you. I, uh, I've, I'm a big fan of the uh, the the ACC, that, uh, that Tahoe Golf Challenge every August, like right before the football season starts. And Jack Wagner, the actor, is always in the mix for that. And I don't know why. I just could not. And I checked right before we started the show. I'm like, I know it's not Jack Wagner. Made sure I got it correct. But how are you? You good? Doing really well. How about you? You you totally nailed it with uh, the Florio thing. I don't understand why we just try to go for clickbait all the time, why we try to just attempt to get people to watch based on completely – unwarranted takes I, I, like you. I'm wary of that. <laughs> it's yeah. It's, it's not. I mean, I mean, you guys, listen, you guys are starting a new podcast and you understand the challenges that are going to be in front of you, especially during some dead parts of the season, but they're just, I don't understand what people were watching last year with Justin Fields, where you would, you would automatically write him off. I think that we're, we're too quick nowadays to just dismiss quarterbacks what was your read on Justin Fields' rookie season? I think I agree with you. It's too early to tell. There's a lot of factors. I don't, I don't know how you properly assess JF1 in his first season in the lack of scheme and game planning and structure and offensive line and wide receivers who couldn't gain any separation. How, how exactly do you properly assess a quarterback in that situation? The turnovers, that's a concern. It's funny that you mentioned this because our pod, the Bear Down Chicago podcast, our thread went back and forth last night on this after Florio dropped what he dropped. And, and I'm in the camp that we need to give him more time. I, I think he's yeah. got a great skill set. I think he's super athletic. I think he's got a fantastic arm. He's, he's shown he can do it in play action. Uh, he, he's shown he can be a leader. I would love to see what he can do with a little bit of an offensive line, some talent around him and a scheme that makes some stinking sense for change. Yeah. Wait, who, but okay. Uh, who, who is not in the camp of that? Justin Fields is not good. Who, so, who, let's call out who that person is. All right. So uh, 
We got a great crew, right? Ryan Dangle, you mentioned Brendan Chagru. You had Shells on, Patrick Sheldon the other day, Logan Bradley. So Ryan Dangle and Logan Bradley, I think, were on the side of I'm the most uncertain about Justin Fields. Not writing him off. That's, I think, truly the beauty of of our pod is that pretty rational guys who are thoughtful. We, We don't like this polarization any more than you do. The beauty is in the gray area, you know, so so those guys, I think, were more concerned, especially Ryan concerned about the turnovers, which I think yeah. is a valid concern. That's fine. Uh, I, w- I think I was more Patrick was way over on the no way. We can't compare him to Mitch. We can't really use that first season as a test case. Yeah. Uh, it, no way should we be writing this guy off. He still could be our franchise quarterback. That's where I tend to be. My concerns are way fewer than still my hopefulness, and I think I I still think there's a, there's a high ceiling on the guy. I really do. Yeah, there really is, and it's fair. You know the the intercept or the the turnovers, getting the ball knocked out of your hand. That's something that you need to work on. But it's also one of the most correctable things because I feel like when you had Mitch Trubisky, there were things about, and I'm I'm hopeful, and I think that he's going to do very well in Pittsburgh. But there are certain things that Mitch lacked that you cannot teach. Like there's the things that, and it's places where Justin really excels. And you mentioned the leadership. There has been like, it has been a refreshing change of pace to see a quarterback come in here and just command the room. And when you think about the fact that he was not given the team, he was not allowed to take reps with the first team. The fact that he was still able to go out there and exhibit all those leadership qualities. I think that already puts him ahead. And if the biggest thing is that he needs to learn how to hold on to the protect the football better, I think that's more of a correctable thing than some of the other stuff that could be a huge problem. I would tend to agree with you. And, and I think if you want to look even at something tangible, let's talk accuracy. The ball placement from JF1 in certain instances is, I think, not even in the same ballpark when it came to Mitch. There were times where we just were like, who who is he throwing that to? And I'm not trying to dog Mitch. I think he was equally um, affected by a really oh. terrible situation. And I, I hope he does great. I really does. I really do. But I, I do think you know that, that there is an accuracy element with JF1 that is elite that you see in some of the best, greatest quarterbacks out there. I mean, the whole thing, we, we, we got to see what we've got. I mean, this is where it starts. I heard you say the other day, I don't care about, I think it was something to the effect of, we don't care about like, all the other like position groups. I just want an offense. And I'm yeah. with, if that's, if I'm correctly characterizing that's what you said. Absolutely what I said, yeah. I mean, we have just, it's been anemic, right? For for most of our, our lifetimes and really since, you know, 85. And I think you turn to other channels and you see these prolific offenses and you wonder if the team that you're rooting for is even in the same league. (laughs) And so we've got to figure out if we've got the quarterback, right? And if we don't, then we've got to move on. But, but this franchise is starving for an elite game changing franchise quarterback. And the focus in my opinion should be, is he the guy or isn't he? We definitely need to give him at least another year. Oh, 100%. And it's, and it's interesting too. Like if you had, if, if an alien came to earth and you showed him just the Cleveland Browns game, I think that alien would say, why the hell did they not put game plan to his strengths? No, but it is, it is the thing about like, I don't, I I think it's going to be night and day. And I, 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 when you talk about not putting him in a position to succeed, not surrounding him with enough talent, 
I think that people are underestimating what a difference it's going to make to have an offense that's competent, to have play callers that kind of know what they're doing. And I don't want to get my, my hopes up because it seemed like in the Matt Nagy era, every year, that first game of every season, I was like, well, now we're going to see it. Now it's all going to come together. Going from 2018 to 2019, you're like, they're going to blow doors off this, off this place. You know, they're going to go nuts. And you see that first game and it's the hundred season of the NFL. And you're like, oh, now, now we're going to see a competent Mitch Trubisky. And it was terrible punting turn. Like it was awful. And you're like, I just want to turn on the TV week one and I'll probably build it up. I'm actually not going to build it up as much as I normally would. But I think that's a huge thing. And I, I, I think it's it's disingenuous to, to look at that and, and not recognize it. Like, well, they're just trying to build a team that's going to compete for a generation, not necessarily for week one of the 2022 season. Right. I, I don't know what is it that Florio or others that are ripping polls would expect. I don't think we want to see polls taking his shot, you know, like looking for, uh, you know, some sort of a, an elite, you know, uh, trade or, uh, you know, a, a elite sign or something like that. That's not the position that we're, we're in. He's got to walk that fine line, I think, of this teardown and bringing in these guys with these one or two year contracts that are viable and sh- continue to, to, to try to clear up some cap space and, and have more and more draft picks but also walk that line where we can have enough around Justin Fields to see what we have, but, but he's not in a position to go big by any means. So I don't think that you can look at what polls has done and then jump to the conclusion of, Oh, they're not behind Justin Fields. I think they are behind Justin Fields and because they are behind Justin Fields, they're not out there sticking their necks out, doing stupid things and like big moves and and making their shots. I feel like it's a calculated effort to go for 2023 and, and I'm on board. Uh, I, I, I want to see it. And I believe that our friends down in Duval County, who I, I feel a lot of commiseration with our friends uh, who root for the Jacksonville Jaguars they're but they're, they're dealing with it the other way. Like they have overspent uh, mm. on a lot of talent, but now they're getting ripped. Like, Oh, look at all the money that you're paying Christian Kirk. So it, it really shows you and it illustrates that no matter what they would have done, they would have found a way to tear down this team. I mean, the the Jags went out a, a, a different way. They went out there and they got a, a Super Bowl, a Super Bowl winning coach. They spent ninety six million or whatever it was on Christian Kirk, and they're being criticized for like, why are you bringing in a retread? Why are you why are you spending all this money on a on a pedestrian receiver? It's like these guys cannot win whatever they're doing. I think of the two formulas that we're seeing playing out. And I hope it works for Jacksonville, but of the two formulas that we're seeing playing out, I would rather be taking the Chicago bears approach than be using the, uh, the, the Jacksonville model. Do you think that Jacksonville model is similar to what pace was doing? Big names, big signings, but really we don't have a core structure, so we can't really be any good. Is that, is is Jacksonville similar in that way? Do you think? I mean, Trent Balky and Ryan pace seem to be very similar and Trent Balky is already starting to go crazy where he doesn't want to take Aiden Hutchinson. And he's like, well, like Trayvon looks like he could be the next Alden Smith. You're like, oh, please don't do this. Like you guys, like, do you want to draft first overall every year? You have a Joey Bosa like player over like a Leonard Floyd type. Like as much as he could be 
uh, Alden Smith. He could easily be Leonard Floyd. Now, Leonard Floyd, of course, has been playing very well with the L.A. Rams, which will happen when you play opposite of, uh, you know, Aaron Donald. But at the same time, it's like, oh, my gosh, don't do this. So I, I'm very comfortable with our approach. I'm very comfortable being, you know, I, I think, you know, too, like I have I have two kids who approach things different ways. And uh, one of them is more thoughtful and will think things through. And the other one's like, you know, snap decisions and, and off and running. So I, I think that the the approach that we're taking is is probably the correct one. I do want to ask though, speaking of the wide receiver position, Darnell Mooney. I we have this conversation a lot where people ask, is he a number one? And I have said this on the show that I think that when people say, is he a number one, they're thinking of Madden creator receiver mode. He's got to be 6'4, 220. He's got to have, you know, all these attributes. But I I I don't think that's necessarily the case anymore in the modern NFL. How do you feel about Darnell Mooney? And do you think he can be a number one receiver for this team? That's a great question. I do like him a lot, but I have some strong opinions on this. I think, in my opinion, the Chicago Bears haven't had an elite game-changing end zone hunter on offense really since 85. There's some guys in the conversation for sure. I suppose Brandon Marshall, Curtis Conway, Thomas Jones, uh, you know, Forte. There, there are some good players in that mix, but I would like to see us have that tall, rangy perimeter receiver that is in the same conversation as Devonta Adams, as D hop. And so I think you take two things into consideration here. One that bears fans really have to try to put everything that they believe in into the players because there is no real structural background. Whereas the Patriots, they're kind of interchanging players because they've got an amazing structural background. So I feel like there's really bears goggles for sure. We have a tendency to look at players and think that they're better than they are, to be quite honest. And this is not me. I'm not, I'm not digging on Mooney. I, I do. I do think he's a quality receiver. I think he looks like a great slot. He's got great. He makes separation. He's got really great hands. Um, he's tough, uh, but not a number one. I mean, I just, I, I think that the bears should be able to have nice things too, Adam, right? Like, why yeah. can't we have nice things? When you look at the elite players that we've seen come through all around the league, why is it that we can't name very many Bears players that yeah. are in that group of, do you know what I'm saying? Like, just blow the no, top off. You just, I mean, like, change the game in a play, right? F- throw the ball up and, and watch him go up and get it. I don't, I don't think that's Mooney. So, so could he be a one? Yes. Would I like him to be a one? That That's not who I would choose. And again, yeah. I'm not saying that's somebody in this year's draft necessarily, but I'm thinking, again, you bide your time and maybe that's a 2023 guy, either through a trade or through a draft. I'm not sure, but that's who I want to see at number one, Adam, so badly. Yeah. Well, I mean, and there's also a couple of guys out there. OBJ has not signed yet, to my knowledge. I don't know. I should probably pay. It's only my job. I should pay co- <laughs> I closer to that. But, but Julio... Is out there, which it's it's interesting with Julio when you talk about touchdown hunter. Like that's not Julio. That's never been his game. No. But would you like to see a player like that, or do you think that you know what we haven't overpaid for veterans now? Why do that? Or what do you think? I I took a look at the you know the um, free agent list the other day, and I don't know they're. I feel like they're more our age, Adam, than they are. Yeah. There, there's like, like thirty plus or minus two. 
And that's not to say that there aren't some viable opportunities out there, but a lot of 36-year-olds, 32-year-olds, 30-year-olds, and that includes the wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Going back to our earlier discussion, I don't think that's the direction that, that we're going in right now. I don't think yeah. we're, you know, we're not the White Sox who are like trying to get big names to like piecemeal, you know, uh, placate, you know, the the um the fan base or uh, even this even the cubs did that for a while right just try to get yeah. some names guys that were maybe retreads guys that really had seen the best of their days uh I, long story short I, I would rather not see us go in that direction we've we've taken the time to free up cap space um we've got a lot of it going into 2023 um i, I don't see the benefit of, of of someone like julio jones for instance for instance on the roster or, or obj personally what do you think OBJ, I would probably be a little bit more open to because I think that he is one of the elite level players in the NFL. I think he's a game changer. And mm-hmm. I think as great as Cooper Cup was last year, and that's kind of like when, I, when I'm talking about Darnell Mooney and I look at the production of Cooper Cup, I'm like, yeah, like Cooper Cup is not how you would draw up a, 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 an elite level wide receiver. You would think of guys like Devontae Adams, taller guys, Randy Moss, those kind of players. Not that Cooper Cup's a small guy, but you know, it's kind of, you know, he was so good. He was so productive. And I think that Darnell Mooney could have that kind of production, but you did see that when OBJ joined the team, like he was the most, like he was the most important guy. Like he was really the one that they, that was really like almost the linchpin for that. And they, they almost couldn't overcome it in the Super Bowl, but they eventually did. They eventually found Cooper cup in the end zone a couple of times. I just think that I agree with you. I, I guess I'm having it both ways of like, I think that Darnell Mooney can give wide receiver one production, but I also think that having a guy like OBJ doesn't necessarily have to be him. And he's coming off an injury. And it's one of those things too. It's like, we don't really need to spend on that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, that's yes. like, like we bought a use, like, I don't know, like we bought a used car. We don't need to buy all the protection that you normally would when you buy a brand new car. And I think that, it, you know, when you look at some of the guys who could be available in the draft this year. Now, as my mock draft with a twist is hitting the NFL.com pages right now, I have so many receivers flying off the board. And it's a pretty, it's not a prediction piece, but it's kind of a, how I would approach the draft. And I'm like, there's a lot of teams that need wide receiver, even the team like Kansas city has back-to-back picks. And if they went sky Moore and Christian Watson, Christian Watson is, am I saying that correct? Yes. That's, yep. that's one I've been getting wrong all year. You got oh, it. Yeah. I've been calling him Watkins, I think. Because it's Sammy Watkins. I, I get confused easily. I'm an old man. I do too. Listen, I got I got small children who I, I blame on them, blame everything on. Uh, if you want me to go over the cast of Encanto or Turning Red, I could do that. But Christian, Every Watkins, name, right? Christian Watkins, I get stumbled. But like a team like them could go two wide receivers or, or anything crazy like that. So it's so tough of what you want to do at the position. Now, and I think that Bears fans have also it's funny how Twitter works and social media works. Like I think if, if George Pickens does not end up as a member of the Chicago bears, the internet community is going to collapse upon itself like a black hole. Are you looking at any, any guys in the draft who you're like, this has got to be a guy that we need to get. It's another great question. And I, you know, I've, I've done some, some mocks and some simulations too. And I think you presented the conundrum really well because Here's what I think. I think when it comes to the Bears' two second-round picks, if there isn't a guy that's high on their board, either a wide receiver, a corner, or um, uh, 
a wide receiver, a corner, or an offensive lineman. Yeah. I think they should trade one of those two picks. Same. Absolutely. I, and, and I don't know about how your simulations have worked out, but in a lot of the, 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 the mocks that I ran, those top tier, um, you know, early second round offensive linemen, wide receivers, and yeah. um, uh, they, in corners, they, they weren't there. And I, I would rather see the Bears uh, trade uh, and see if they can get some, some picks in future years, some second, third, fourth rounders, than to try to force a pick. Yeah. Uh, Otherwise, if we think that the wide receiver pool is deep, I would only like to see them choose a Pickens if they firmly believe that he can be their ex, as we, you know, as we just talked about. If they firmly, if they've looked at him, assessed him, his speed, his strength, his 40, his hands, ability to go up and get the ball, uh, that's the only way I think you go big on wide receiver with that pick. Otherwise, if if one of your top tier offensive linemen are there, then then you you go there without a doubt. And it looks like in some of my my mocks, it looks like maybe the, you know the cornerback Petrie would be there. I, I, again, you know as well as I do, it depends on the runs that occur, yeah, on yeah. trades that are made, and you have it's it's fluid and flexible. So um, you know, I, I would I would like to see them either use that pick, uh, you know, in the second round to get a top tier guy that they think will be a part of the future. And if not, then trade it. What do you think? hundred percent. We need, we need players is yeah. the biggest key. And I think that again, we were talking about scenarios with Patrick on Tuesday. And I know that Washington has a, uh, the Huskies have a pair of corners who are, who are going to be possibilities. Well, Kyler more than the, the other guy, but I think that again, I don't, I know we need a corner per se, but I don't want to do that. Like, no, nope, we're gonna we're gonna trade down. If we don't, if the wide receiver that they want, let the for instance, and I'm not saying this is the guy, but let's say it's Sky Moore. Because Sky Moore is one of those players that could go in the first round, he could absolutely drop the 39th. It there's like there's a wide-ranging uh view of him. So I think that if the guy that you have projected to be there is there, take him. If not, get out of there. Like we need more players. And then you'll end up finding values because already the draft process, and this is one of the problems and one of the benefits of having the draft be so long is that you talk yourself out of players. Like it's very easy to do. And I think the guy that comes to mind is David Bell out of Purdue, that if we had had the draft right after the Super Bowl, David Bell might've snuck in to the, to the end of the first round. He'd have been a second rounder for sure. Now he's not running as fast. And so now third round, and this is a player that a lot of Bears fans like. And it to me, it and I'm not trying to say that he's going to be Cooper Cup. I'm not saying that at all. But it reminds me of the Cooper Cup situation. Cooper Cup was a standout at Eastern Washington. Excellent football player. I remember watching him during the year because there was buzz around him during the season. He goes to the Senior Bowl, dominates it. If I'm not mistaken, he was the MVP of the Senior Bowl. Great player. You're like, okay, this is, this is a guy you got to get. Goes to the, goes to the Combine. Runs a slow time. Everybody drops off. He goes in the third round. It is such a mistake to look at these guys on a football field and see them excel and see them run past people, but then go to the underwear Olympics and be like, oh, wait, he's not fast. Like it's game speed. Like you're like track is different from other things. Like I, I, you know, it's just, a, you, there's so much that goes into it. It's like, Great base stealers, like fast guys, aren't necessarily great base stealers if they can't study a pitcher 
if they can't like, cause that was a thing. Like I was a fast guy. Like I wasn't a great baseball player, but I was fast and I knew how to read a pitcher. I could sit in the dugout and be like, Oh, this is a guy. This is when he's going to home play. Watch, 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 do that kind of stuff. There's a lot of nuance, especially in football. And to just erase a guy because he's not reacting to a starter's gun is some of the dumbest stuff possible. So I think that, and I'm not trying to stump for David Bell, but I think that, um, I don't know, but I think that there's a lot of value still and we'll end up getting people like that if we're just patient and we move out of it. I think so too. You know, I think you, you hit a bit of a personal nerve for me. I was always the guy that won the physical testing, like the 40 and the, the reps of 225 and the, and the shuttle run. And I remember one of the years that I played, our captain said similarly to you, he said, all right, well, now we, uh, we've seen who can run around the fastest in their pajamas. Let's go ah. play football. <laughs> and I was like, hey, hey wait a minute. But I just, I, I just wanted to, but you're, but I think you are correct. Like the, the eye test, you know, the eye in the sky doesn't lie. Right. I mean, yeah. there are certain things that, that translate on the football field that just don't translate on in the combine. And I, and I do think it would be remiss to try to, to just ignore what you see on film, ignore maybe the personal meetings that you have with guys. And then just, I don't think, is anybody just going off the metrics right now? I mean, uh, I certainly hope that Ryan Poles, I don't think that they, I, they will do that. I think some of the older school guys probably still do that. Like the kind of people that you hear on Sirius. I've been bashing Sirius XM channel 88 just because like, there's a lot of, I don't know, a lot of, a lot of terrible takes have been coming out of that station. Uh, and I shouldn't because they they carry this podcast. So we love Sirius. The by best. the way, some of your yeah, hosts, some of your hosts though, like step into modern football. That's that's all I'm saying. I love it. I love, especially love the fantasy channel, channel mm. 87. Brad Evans, they do a great job. There's a lot of yes. good uh, fun uh, buns. Fun <laughs> buns. Like there's a lot. Of, like I love it. So I don't want to seem bashing it, but there's like there's still an old school mentality that puts too much into the like there's it's weird because there was i think there was a push like years ago where like guys didn't care about the combine they cared about football players and then there was a, a wave that only cared about the combine and i don't know hopefully it's going back to the people who are like hey let's just let's just draft good football players and i hope that the uh the bears do that i um i do want to say though because we've talked we've we've hinted around uh some baseball stuff here and i want to get into this in a moment number one first of all York, like it's so fun because if you ever watch me on the NFL network, I'll throw out random Illinois towns. Uh, my dad's from Sterling, which is closer to Davenport than it is Chicago. Uh, my mom is from Oswego, but you were telling me York, like Yorktown, that spoke to you. Cause my, my, my uncle operated the farmer's elevator, the grain elevator out there in Yorkville. That's, that's not many people even from Illinois know where that is. That's what caught my attention. Uh, you were on your show, and uh, again, you mentioned was it, I don't know, Yorkville or, or Malta or some other tiny little burg out here. Sandwich, yeah. And I was like, wait a minute, how does that? How did this dude on the NFL Network just allude to these podunk towns that I live around? And so that, and so that I'm like looking for you and saw a little bit about your background and Schaumburg and and then the Bears connection. So that I mean, super cool. And we appreciate you greatly for retweeting our pod and, and supporting us and having me on and shells on. It's just, it's great to find good people to talk football with, you know, and it's just, yeah. it's such an enjoyable thing, especially like we in this knee jerk society with all this like polarization, just 
good good people that want to talk about uh, sports. But yeah, so yeah, I'm, I'm I lived in Oswego for a little while, and then uh, live in Yorkville now. And hey, did you go to where, where did you go to high school? So I went to Caneland High School. Okay. I don't know if you're familiar with that or not. It's a no. conglomerate of schools. So well, we're in a Oswego Panthers family. So that's you are. Yeah, my high school, my the high school I went to in California was Panthers. So I've been, and by the way, I'm starting this fall to teach at Chapman University, which mm-hmm. is Panthers. So I'm all Panthers. It's I should be blood. a Carolina Panthers fan. You know, it's in the blood, as you said. Um, but my mom went to Oswego High School and uh, she played uh, four years of high school basketball. She wore number 77. So by the way, this is a, a you'll see this every once in a while when I tweet out golf balls. I, uh, I got personalized golf balls and they're like, what number do you want? And you're just so like, you're so frozen in the moment. Like 34 would have been like an obvious choice, but I'm like 77. (laughs) If anybody ever sees that it's for my mom's high school basketball number. So a very small few of you who watch and listen to the show will now know that and not care, but I'm telling you anyway, listen, it's fun to talk to somebody who knows these towns like Oswego. I was driving through Oswego one time with, uh, with my cousins. And uh, we were driving. There's a, and everybody who's familiar with the area will know where I'm talking about, where the Portillo's is. I think there's an Olive Garden there and there's a Home Depot. So I'm driving through and uh, I go, Oh, by the way, I go, uh, My mom and your aunt, or my mom and your grandmother, they're cousins. I'm like, Yeah, my mom and your grandmother uh, used to work at that Home Depot when they were in high school. And they're like, Oh, wow, like that's so cool. And I'm pulling away and I'm like, that, that the Home Depot was built like two years ago. Like smarten up a little bit. It's obviously not. That has not been around. Like a, <laughs> the goalability. The Oswego, Oswego used to be in the sticks. Like we used to get, like it was not part of the sprawl and it was mm. in the sticks. And by the way, I apologize. If the person who lives in the, the old bell house on, uh, on, on Main Street in Oswego, a couple of years ago, there was a creep parked outside checking it out. That was me. Because I was driving by my my grandparents' old house. I'm like, oh, you know, where my, my mom grew up. They're sitting there, and then, like, some kid comes to the window. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is not normal. So I had to pull away. So I apologize to that family if it was a weird thing. But Oswego, it's kind of a happening town, though, right? It, it started to be. I drive by the high school every day. I go down the road you're talking about, by the Portillo's. The line's always, like you know, all the way around the corner, like what's normal with Portillo's, but you're right. I mean, like roads like Randall road out here, like when we were growing up, when I was young, though, there was farmland on both sides of the oh, road. Yeah. Now it's nothing but, you know, uh, all kind of Dick sporting goods and, and Chick-fil-A. It's just, it, it really is urban sprawl is a thing. It's happening. Oh my gosh. It's every one of those anchors with like a Coles, a bed, bath and beyond, uh, all of a macaroni. I don't know if macaroni grill is still a thing, but yeah, the Portillo's is always the one that mm-hmm. uh, brings it home. But I do also want to bring up too, uh, going back to baseball earlier on Thursday, somebody tweeted out, what is the most controversial game that you can remember? I brought up the 2005 ALCS game two. Um, I, I gotta be honest that that still hurts me to this day. And I know that you're a white Sox guy. Um, can we still be friends? I, I, I guess I asked if we could still be friends. You guys won. So there, you have nothing to right. be. I will still mention, first of all, a number of things at play here. Number one, the Yankees. You knew we were going to end up beating the Yankees. I don't know why they beat us in game four. 
Then we had a rain out because we had to we had to wait to play them in game four. And then so we eliminate them in a game five in Anaheim. Alex Rodriguez hits into a double play. And then we have to fly to Chicago. And I think right as we land at midway, uh, we had to go straight. Like, I think we I think we played game one in the tarmac of midway. Like, you couldn't give us a break? I feel <laughs> like we were cheated that whole series. But I'm sure that you see it a different way. I do, Adam. I mean – we can still be friends because we love baseball, right? I mean, that's yeah. that's the bottom line. I, I loved you talking about bringing your daughter and her, you know, staying focused the whole game and having patience, at least in that instance. That was great. That was a great anecdote. Even an eight-run inning, I mean, that's that's something she right was, there. She was so mad. Like, I think that the people <laughs> next to us left because she was so distraught. I didn't want to stop her, though, because I'm like, I do kind of like how much she loves this. But I, yes. you, you have to calm down a bit. She recovered. Yeah. She's fine. Yeah. She's wearing her, her Angels shirt today, getting ready for the game in Texas. So, That's fun. Uh, but it is fun. It is. Yeah. And I think I, I when I reached out to you, I you know, I said diehard White Sox fan. Like I used to, yeah. when I was probably your daughter's age, I would sleep with my White Sox hat on. My mother would have to take it off my head just to wash it every once in a while because it would get so nasty. We yeah. were uh, you know, at the longest rain delay in the history of the MLB. Texas was in town uh, at mm -hmm. the old Comiskey. Nolan Ryan was there. They weren't coming back to town. So they decided to try oh, to wait out right. the storm hours and hours. And hours. I don't even remember like the full, but it was so cool, Adam, because, you know, do you remember Nolan Ryan used to warm up with a football? That's yes. how he, yeah. yeah. So that was really unique at the time. And, and just one of the greatest pitchers of all time. So just to be down there in the front row, like chatting with him and the other players, uh, you know, while he's warming up with the football, uh, they never did get the, you know, the game in, but we went to Polaroid picture day when they oh, had the big, you know, big collars and the shorts on. And, um, you know, so in 05, I think, you know, I was, I was near tears. My son had just been born. The White Sox won, you know, we're long suffering fans here in Chicago. So, so you're all, okay, I, I didn't know you were old enough to remember old Comiskey. I want you to verify this. So my family, uh, North Siders, I, although I don't know why. Well, I mean Schomburg, obviously. Uh, hmm. I don't know if I don't know if Yorkville counts as like Northsider or not, uh, and Newark and all those places. But even though, even though uh, my family they were Bears fans, because remember the Cardinals played. See, I I should ask you why why don't you have loyalty to the Cardinals then? Why aren't you a Cardinals fan? You Southsider sitting there in Comiskey Park. You should be talking about Charlie Trippy. And Marshall Goldberg. I'm kidding. Well, I, well, the Cardinals are probably my favorite National League team, especially because no, they're no, Cubs, because they're, they're the Cubs' biggest team. rival. Oh, the Cardinals I'm sorry. Football team. Okay, gotcha. The, the team, the football team that played yes. at Comiskey Park. I mean, well, then the Staleys too, I suppose, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, it was really wild to go back in time and look at that history of of the the way in which that transitioned, especially with the with the Cardinals. But the Cardinals right now, if I had their quarterback, <laughs> yeah. It's funny because, but but still, my family always contended. They're like, you know, Comiskey was actually a better ballpark than Wrigley. Like it's a it's a shock that they that's the one. Well, not because they're like they're not surprised because of the family, but like that was a way better ballpark. Like that was where that was because the upper deck is better. Like the angles, like the outfield upper deck, like like it was just like even my my family as Cubs fans were like. 
Comiskey was a better ballpark, and it was a shame that they actually tore that one down. Although it seems like the new stadium finally looks cool. It does. I think they got it wrong initially, you know, with uh, the steepness of the upper deck and the seat color, and they, they kind of just whiffed a little bit. But but they've gotten it right so far. I, I've sat in that stadium in the last few years and just kind of looked around and thought to myself, they're getting everything right. Like it's great for the kids. It's easy to get in and out of the park. Uh, the fireworks, the the field itself is beautiful because of the yeah. the sad father, um, Roger Bossert. They just need a team, <laughs> you know. They just, they just. That was what they were lacking, and now I think that they've got the team. I, I'm hugely biased. I like to ruffle the feathers of every Cubs fan on a sunny day at Wrigley. I like to. I'm a better Cubs fan than most Cubs fans are. I know who ah. the shortstop is. I know who ah. the starting pitcher was last night, right? Yeah. I actually know what happens in the game, so I like to like kind of dig a little bit at, at that. But I, I do think the food is great. It, it, Comiskey, the wide open, you know, aisles. You can bring your kids to the fundamentals deck. You can tailgate. It, it's a great experience. It really is. I, I, I love the socks. <laughs> yeah, it's funny too. But when you look at the old, when you look at the old photos of the concourse of the old Comiskey, which is weird, it was so packed to where, like, you look at it from a uh, nostalgic point of view. You're like, oh, why would you ever do that? Although I will say that the, the barbecue area in left field would have been untouched. Like that would have been an amazing place to watch mm. a game. But like I could see waiting in line for stuff, like how annoying that would be, how cramped it is. Cause even up at angel stadium, when you get to the upper, upper deck, like that, that concourse isn't as wide. And you're like, God, oh, that's kind of suck up here. I can't imagine if it was enclosed in mm. August, like the suffocation you would be going through. Like, yeah, like I could see, but perhaps I could have changed that. But but still, it looks like a fun ballpark now, at least. You're right about that, because I went and watched the Sox play the Yankees last year, and the stadium was as full as I've ever seen it be. And so I had to wait in line a little bit for for you know for a beer and a dog and so forth. And I was kind of like, oh, I think I like it better when they play uh, the Angels or Detroit, because I mean, you're how, in and out. How did dare I, you? Did I just, was that wrong? Should I have not was, put them in the same conversation? That was not cool. I mean, I guess there's probably not a lot of, you know, California people living out in, in uh, Illinois or in Chicago who'd be going to the games. I know that I would, I would, uh, well, see, that was the cool thing too, is like we, I grew up outside of Anaheim. So I did get an opportunity. Like my parents didn't care that I rooted for the angels. They're like, yeah, whatever. And I eventually won them over cause they had to take me to games so that they were basically angel fans. We never had to do the Jim Belushi uh, taking care of like if you remember the movie taking care of business it was Jim Belushi and it was an Angels Cubs World Series which my dad was like this would be a nightmare for me like I didn't know I don't know what I would do or who I would root for but um I uh I I would but it was it afforded me the opportunity to where you know I I was not allowed to root for the Dodgers which was fine like I don't like the Dodgers anyways um, but the angels, you know, it's my team. It, it's, it's, it was a little bit of a cheap shot, especially still, cause I'm still upset over 2005. <laughs> we still talk about this here. And by the way, I want to set the record straight. I, um, I want to make sure that everybody knows that I don't like AJ Pierzynski, <laughs> but I do not hold him accountable for what happened. Like we're like, everybody's like, let's boo a I'm like, okay, AJ sucks. And we don't like him because he's a jerk, but like, it's not his, like, why not run to first base? Like he's got nothing. Like he's trying to win a, he's, he's trying to win a ball game. 
Absolutely. what you should do. If it's Absolutely. close, run. Why are we like Josh Paul? First, throw the ball to first, idiot. Like throw the ball, and it's over. The discussion is over. And yeah. so, like that part of it. And then he became a coach. I'm like, why is he coaching this team? Like this guy is worse than like I don't. I don't want to because Donnie Moore's passed away, so I don't want to bring it up. But I'm like, this is worse. That's worse than Donnie Moore. Like to me, like throw the ball to first. <laughs> Although, but then the thing is, is that you watch the replay. Doug Eddings signals that he's out. He does the con- confirmation, like he got does. him to where like, okay, both of you two suck. Doug Eddings sucked. Like, how do you get duped in a playoff game with so much on the line? Yeah. And Josh Paul, same to you. And like, even Kelvin Escobar is pointing, like throw the ball. Like he's pointing to Doug Eddings and Doug Eddings is calling him out. But then he's like, then I think he tell whatever. I mean, Escobar, you're right. You, you got it. You nailed it. I mean, isn't is is AJ Przinsky the epitome of the guy that you don't want to play against, but you're oh, super yeah. glad he's on your team? You 100%. know, I mean, I think I, I put Javi Baez in that category. I think there's, you know, there's a, a handful of guys that if they were on your team, you'd be all for it, and against yeah. you, you'd be like, God, I hate that guy. Oh, hundred you percent. Know? Oh, p- yeah. plenty of players like that. There's, uh, I always appreciate those guys. And yeah. So uh, I'm thinking of like Dennis Rodman, uh, players yes. like that who, you know, when he played for Detroit, everybody hated him. When he played for your team, oh, this guy's the greatest. Loved what he does. But uh, and I love what you do. And I uh, I do want to thank you for uh, joining us here today. And I know that we veered off into a little bit of a baseball talk, but I kept it to the end. So I don't want I didn't want Berlissimo to have to listen to the baseball talk right <laughs> off the top. And I waited and we talked about small town Chicago. So everybody who that that spoke to is still with us and that's fine. And uh, so it's not like we dropped anything. Like we didn't, we didn't come back and bring in football nuggets, but we, we covered everything, but I want to thank you for, uh, for being here. I talked to Patrick. It seems like I'm going to be coming onto your show in a couple of weeks. So look forward to that and uh, picking up these conversations again, but really want to thank you for being a part of the show and uh, good luck to the bear down Chicago pod. As you guys start to launch that, I know you guys have been doing podcasts before, but I knew this is a a new venture for you and uh, we're rooting for you and uh, you know, good luck. Thank you so much. Again, incredibly appreciative of you having uh, me on, having shells on uh, even just retweeting our show. It really, that that all helps so, so much. And you're right. It is same, same five dudes, just a different, you know, just a different podcast. We've got some incredibly loyal listeners and I think, as I mentioned earlier, the appeal for, for us is there's this equal parts, just laugh your ass off funny. Yeah. And then, and then analysis that's not, Hey, we're just trying to get you to click. We're not, we're just trying to like make some sort of a, you know, a hot take. Uh, we really, what you see is what you get. We're just like some yeah. regular dudes from the Midwest and, and well, I don't know why shells is way down there South somewhere, but who yeah. love the bears, South Carolina, I mean, yeah. South Carolina who absolutely love the bears. And so we hope that you'll give us a listen. And uh, I look forward to seeing you uh, do your thing this upcoming season. It's going to be so exciting. I appreciate that. Yeah, looking forward to the season as well. And uh, looking forward to everything that you guys got going on. So I'll see you in a few weeks. Thanks again for coming on. And uh, we appreciate it. And there he goes. Thanks, but I cut him off. Because that's what I do. The great uh, Jack Wright. Uh, Appreciate him being on it, of course download that podcast. And I want to tell you too, like that's one of the things that I love about this Chicago bears community is I think that there's, there's uh there's room for everybody. And that's the cool thing about this is that 
you know what? To me, it's kind of like when you go to the comedy store and you see all the great names. There's Mark Marin, there's David Spade, there's all these all these great comics. Um, why well, I'm 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 I can't I have a comic. Robin Tran. Sorry, I couldn't think of her name. But uh, like a lot of great comics, you go through and you sit through. And there's a lot of variety, a lot of different opinions, a lot of different point of views, and I think that it's great. So one of the great things about this, and so uh, we we ask you to download and subscribe to their pod. We hope you've downloaded and subscribed to this one. Uh, thanks for hanging out. By the way, if you could do me a favor, if you enjoyed this show and you enjoyed, the, you don't know, it's not always going to be small town Chicago talk, but if you enjoyed the show, just mention sick right there in the comments. And uh, we thank you. Appreciate you. We'll see you on Tuesday nights. Uh, we have a guest and I forgot already, but we'll see you Tuesday night for take it to the rank. And then next week we're working on, and this is a thing. We're going to try our best to get Michael Florio on the show. I'm not promising anything, but we're doing our best to get him on. So until Tuesday night, I tell you all to bear down. And Sammy, why don't you play us out? And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.